Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Heads up, legends, a few audio issues on the recording of this episode. Disappointing, yes, but I've worked my ass off to maximise what we have to ensure this story isn't lost. Enjoy. Pertec has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertec. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The baby of the family, the little one. One born with all the attributes to be a superstar, physically and mentally. He made it look easy. Fact is, it wasn't. But who is Petro Sivanasiva? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, probably, uh, I'd say quiet, quietish, yeah. you know. Um, uh, I'd say humble and um, someone who's proud and uh, yeah, mindful of, of uh, I guess, who I represent. Born in Suva, the family came to Australia before your first birthday. Tell us about a young Petro. What type of kid were you? Yeah, very shy. Were you? Yeah, very shy. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, was someone that um, was, was happy to sort of, you know, be out of the, out of the spotlight, yeah. out of the limelight. And, um yeah, I think that's all in part two because I had uh, a dad who was uh, uh, an imposing figure, you know. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I was, uh, as a kid, um, uh, I probably just was was in awe of him, but also, yeah. too, you know, he was someone that you didn't want to cross, so probably that led me to being pretty quiet. Mm. And, um, but, uh, you know, I uh, always you know, loved my time, you know, amongst friends and family. Are you as big as Dad now? Have you outgrown Dad? <laughs> no, not not quite. Yeah, Dad would probably be about six six. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm six three, so I'm, I'm the short one in the family. And uh, he's got a brother. I think he's he's about six foot seven, six foot eight. So wow. Yeah, so they're uh, they're all big men. But uh, yeah, Dad was uh, as I said, very imposing. You're very much like Dad in terms of physical appearance, but character. As you sit here today, can you see bits of Mum and Dad? In your character as a, a person, their values, uh, how they brought you up—can you sort of see how that's filtered down? Yeah, big time. Oh, that's I lovely. 
I think with uh, with with Dad, especially obviously the physicality and uh, and and just that presence that he had, and um, you know he, he enjoyed a a good you know successful rugby career, you know playing mm. uh, in Fiji and then and here locally. And Mum, uh, Mum's just a toiler. She's um, mm. she's been uh, in the same job working at the Redcliffe Hospital as a cleaner, um, probably nearly forty years. You know, wow, the whole entire time that we've been in Australia uh, when we first arrived, and Mum's had that same job and. You know she's she's revered and she's loved there, and um and you know uh, she's one that's just got this massive work ethic, and it's probably something I tried to emulate. You always had the physical attributes to be um, a wonderful first grade footballer. Did you have the mental attributes? Were you were you stubborn? Were you determined as a kid? Because you'd become known as you know a, a, a very much the rock of a football side or football club. I reckon when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of self doubt. I, uh, I I really questioned, you know, whether I, I could actually play, you know. And I think too, when you hold your standard is your, your old man and your dad, yeah. and you probably see, you know, why he was highly regarded. He, yeah. he was tough, he was imposing, and uh, he was fearless. And and then you try to sort of live up to that. Um, the best thing for me, I guess, was was playing at a club like the Dolphins when I went there to play juniors, and then obviously transitioning into senior footy. You know, he just had some amazing blokes there, some amazing men that really set some standards about what the expectation was as a footballer. You know, you play hard, um, you train yeah. hard, and, and probably the, the drinking hard too. I, I, yeah. I have that again as well. But, but um, yeah, that that was probably, um, you know, for me, where I sort of started to come out of my shell, you know, those, those early days. So moving from fun football into, hey, this could be a profession, what age was that and, and – uh, what do you remember about, I guess, first linking with the Bronx? Well, actually, it was probably when I started getting serious about footy, it was playing Colts at Redcliffe. I was yeah. under 19, and uh, Steve Bleakley, chicken, mm-hmm. was our coach, and um, you know, a great legend of of, uh, of the Dolphins club. Absolutely. And, and footy. Um, you know, so just, I guess, winning over, you know, being confident in, uh, under him as a coach, and then being able to, you know, uh, be a part of that, that Colts team. We won the grand final that year, 1995, and that gave me that, I guess, that push to, to think, mm. okay, I can actually do this, you know. I sat the bench uh, for the Dolphins first grade in that same year. And wow. then um, And then that's where my, my time started with the Broncos the year after. Two pieces of info I'd forgotten. Two pretty much full seasons in reserve grade at the Broncos and jersey number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, played uh, played a bit of centres at yeah. the time. I, was, uh, I went to the Broncos, I was uh, – uh, you know, a bit thinner and um, and a bit more agile. And, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, you know, once you start full time training or, or, or training to, to the level of of those you know those uh, younger Bronco squads, start yeah. to put a bit of size on. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, my, uh, my my days out out wide were, were short lived. Big transition from park football to professional. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, because holding down a, a part time job, I was yeah. doing a little bit of study at TAFE too. So you're trying to balance all that. With the dream of hopefully one yeah. day, you know, making the first grade, but it was a long road at the Bronx. A couple of years in reserve grade, so I had to really prove my worth. Nineteen ninety-eight, you were thrown straight in as a starting prop debut day. It was almost the perfect script. Brisbane North Sydney, sixty points to six victory. In terms of first games, it's a big tick, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was everything that I, that I hoped it would be. I dreamt about. Yeah, getting to play in an all-star Broncos outfit. And it was at the time, That's yeah. it. Snuck onto the bench and um, and then it was against North Sydney and playing against a couple of origin heroes in Billy Moore and Gary Larson. Of course. Uh, I think a young Ben Eichen was playing in that side as well. But, um, you know, just playing at ANZ, 
um, debut match and just full of nerves, but, you know, just being a part of an amazing win and uh, what a way to start a career. At the Broncos at the time, you had to earn your spot. You had to earn respect from your peers and it took time. It, it didn't just happen. The rookie was treated as the new kid and actually the Broncos were famous or infamous, I don't know how you put it, as pretty tough initiation. Is that a fair call? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, you, you look at the likes of, you know, the, the players that we had, especially in that forward pack, mm. trying to win over them. You know, Andrew G, um, you know, Peter Ryan, obviously a young Shane Webke, you know, Gordon Tallis, Brad mm. Thorn. Uh, there, was a, there was a heap of them. And, uh, and again, you're just trying to prove your worth. And, yeah. and it starts on the training pad, you know, ripping and tearing and, and just trying to show them that, you know, you were worthy of wearing that jersey. And uh, once you earned that respect, then, then it was about living up to what the expectation was and doing it week in, week out. Andrew G, Peter Ryan, Shane Webke. I think we could say aggressive, grumpy, annoying, moody, and, and they that might be their positive traits. But your mate Shane Webke, uh, you'd form a wonderful combination over the years, very much the yin and the yang as footballers and as people, but for whatever reason, it just worked. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for, for me, and, and probably learning the craft of being mm. a front rower, I mean, you, you had some good examples there in, in Big Gigi and, mm. and, and Webby, and... Uh, and for me, you know, it was all about, you know, just again, you know, aiming up and and yep. you know when you when you're partnering a front row that's so dominant like that, it's it's about raising to that standard, mm. and, and that's what I aim to do every 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 week. You know, we are different blokes. Uh, yeah. You know, um, Webby's a, a country bloke. I'm, I'm a city fellow. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, once you cross that white line, mm. you know, I love playing alongside him, and he just set the perfect example for all of us, all our our, our Ford pack. You know, to he led from the front and everything he did. I was told about you as a young bloke, you listened to everyone and everything and you absorbed what you needed to. Were you a sponge back then, listening to the Andrew G's, the Shane Webkeys about not just how to play football but how to conduct yourself, what a prop is, what a prop needs to do? Yeah, I think for me it was just about not so much talking because I wasn't a big talker yeah. anyway, but just watching and taking in everything that they did, mm. how they applied themselves at training and then off the field as well. And then why they were so consistent, I yep. think that was a big thing for me, a big learning factor. Um, but, you know, in saying that, you know, then it was about getting out there and, and getting that job done. Mm. And, um, and you know, you learn about work ethic at training, um, and then you learn about work ethic in a game. Uh, there yep. was no time to rest. And, um, you know, again, you, you're just wanting to do your very best for the team and, and especially for your senior players uh, like those blokes. Work ethic, leadership, um, controlling a room or controlling a football field – have you been able to take key principles from your footy career into into post-footy? Because you're as busy now as you've ever been. Are there certain principles that carry over? Yeah, look, I think one thing I've learned in footy is about earning respect. And, yep. You know, and, and I think once you've earned someone's respect, it's about um, you know building strong relationships. And that's, yeah. I think, something that I learned, especially in my time with the Broncos. Hey legends, we're getting close to 500 episodes. 500 episodes of Rugby League Gold that you can't or won't find anywhere else. The best thing about Unfiltered, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. You can listen to any episode at any time, it'll make sense. Time to download the entire library of legends. And obviously working under Wayne Bennett and just seeing how He'd, you know, work work with mm. the football team, all the different personalities, but he always seemed to get the very best out of them. I think for me, it's all 
about, yeah, just, I guess, earning people's respect, but also to, you know, working as hard as I can, you know, to, uh, to build strong relationships, and that's kept me, kept me in good stead, so. The Wayne Bennett you know is different to the Wayne Bennett that the public sees. What was your first impression of him, and have you got a go-to Wayne story? Oh, look, I, I just found him intimidating, to be honest, yeah. uh, especially being a young kid coming from Redcliffe, and as I said, I wasn't uh, the, the, the most confident, uh, biggest personality in the room, but. You know, I think some something that I learned from him was, um, you know, about just giving it your best, and yep. and um, and you know, the, the time that he always took uh, to to know you as a person. I mm. think that's something that that really uh, resonated with me, and that's why he's been so successful over such a long time. Is that you know, he builds these personal relationships, and you know, you don't want to let him down, and that was mm. very much the case for me. Self doubt, we all have it at different parts of our lifetime, and and sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's professional. Does it go? Did it go for you? Were you able to conquer self-doubt? Yeah, I think once you get to that level and, and you, you start to understand your own game um, yep. mentally, physically, you know, what you need to do to prepare to mm. play and, and play at your very best in, in a consistent uh, uh, manner, I think you start to conquer those, those self-doubts. Yeah. I think you learn a lot about yourself too, about your weaknesses and then, you know, what you need to do to get on top of them. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, you know that's that, the thing I learned the most was, was about just – Again, preparing really well, um, you know, routine, and also surrounding yourself with good people. You're the routine guy, are you? Yeah, I try to. I try yeah. to, um, you know, get get in a constant routine. And uh, obviously, as you as you age through the game, things change. You become yeah. a family man. You know, you have got different responsibilities on and off the footy field. So it's about how you uh, manoeuvre that around your football career so that you're uh, at your best every week. Your first year ended with a premiership. That's dreams come true. If we can go back to 1998, is there that one memory that will live with you forever? Oh, I think just running out for the first time in yep. that Broncos jersey. It was something that I just thought was going to be out of reach at times um, because of the, the, the level of players, uh, the calibre of players, sorry, yeah. at the Bronx at that time. So it was just a matter of biding my time, but just hanging in there, you know, and I think that was one quality that sort of, uh, I guess, won, won over the coach was just being able to hang in and I hung in mm. there for a couple of years and then all of a sudden you get the phone call and, and it's time to run out. But just to be in the same room as Alfie and Kevy and, mm. and, you know, Pearl and Wendell Saylor and, and, you know, the list goes on. You know, the club's greats to be in that same 17 mm. to run out there was everything they were expected to be and, and more so. And then the challenge was then to hold my spot for the remainder of that year, which I did. You mentioned earlier big personalities and you didn't have one but you rattle off that list and I say this with all the respect in the world, there is some huge personalities there in that in that locker room, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I loved uh, my time, you know, playing alongside them. I mean, obviously, they're legends. They're, they were blokes that, you know, collected their autographs, you know, yeah. a few years before. So then finally getting that chance in 98 to run out. But, um, you know, someone like Alfie was someone that had a huge impact on me. And, and I, I learned a lot because I saw the way, not only was he as a player on and off the footy field, but just the time he gave people, the respect that he won over people, and it was a big uh, big thing to learn for, from from a legend of the game. There's different type of prop forwards. There's uh, the mongrels. You always played the game as it was meant to be played, which is, is a wonderful trait. Pet, did anyone ever really piss you off on a field to the point that you fired back big time? Because I've racked my brain and I cannot think of seeing you to the point of, you know, really firing up. Well, look, I, to be honest, I actually had a, a, a bit of trouble when I was uh, younger, in, in the younger grades. I got a few suspensions. And wow. I got in a bit of trouble in my early time at, at the Broncos, actually, and I think it was a chat with Wayne 
who basically spoke to me about um, you can be aggressive but yeah. without going overboard, you know, and I took a lot out of that conversation. Yeah. So I fixed my game up and so my aggression was through through my hitting, mm. um, you know, and uh, I, I love, you know, defence but also to running as hard as I could mm. and, you know, trying to cause as much damage as you could and, you know, if, you, if you've got someone on the ground after you've taken a hit up, well, that's a good, that's a good yeah. sign. And vice versa, if, you know, if someone's taking the ball up at you, you know, if you can crease them and you yeah. can get in, hit under the ball and you knock them and and, uh, and they're on the ground, well, mm. that was a win. Yeah. The evolution of the game, the evolution of the prop, the 70s and 80s, you could do anything to anyone and it didn't matter. In 2022, 2023, it's very different. It's sanitised. You're in that middle spot. If you had to pick an era to play front row, would you pick the 70s? Would you pick now? Oh, I'd be the seventies every yeah. other week. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I grew up loving. I mean, yeah. you know, watching the old footage, the the grainy footage, and just the legends of the gun used yeah. to go at it. And it's just you just shake your head at some of those collisions and probably the some of the things yeah. they got away with. But I reckon I would love to to have played in that era for sure. You'd miss the two thousand premiership, the World Cup as well with the injury, but you were there in you know, six for the Broncos premiership. Same feeling or different feeling to winning in ninety eight. I think 98 just came so quick. Yeah. You know, my first year, um, you know, and just newly into the NRL, and then all of a sudden I've just ridden this roller coaster. Yeah. That's taken me all the way to Sydney, you know, Sydney Football Stadium against the Bulldogs. It was an amazing day. And again, yeah. you know, all the memories of a kid sitting on the on, uh, at home in the lounge room watching mm. Grand Final Day, and then all of a sudden you're there. And, and again, playing in this all star Broncos team, mm. it was an amazing moment. Uh, it, it came very easily and very quickly. Yeah. Um, but then all of a, all of a sudden you, you compare that to 2006 where we weren't expected to win. You know, we were ageing myself and Brad Thorne and Shane Webke. We were mm. right at the end of it. That was actually Webby's last game. It so, was. You know, for, for us uh, it was about, you know, proving the doubters wrong. Um, so two different feelings mm. but nonetheless uh, just as sweet. Do you do it for a guy like Webby because it's his final game? Uh, we hear so often, oh, we don't talk about it because that's – players doing the right thing and towing the, the line. But at some stage, do, do you boys get together during the week and say, yeah, this is for Shane? It was sort of funny. I mean, the, the way it was, oh, I think, the lead up to that match, I mean, obviously we understood that the, the, that was the case. Yeah. But, you know, Webby didn't make a big deal of it. No. And, and, you know, as a playing group, I think internally we all wanted to, to the big fella to finish on a winning Yep. Game. But again, I think it just came down to just proving the doubt was wrong. There was no one expecting us to beat Melbourne Storm in that grand final. Mm. And I think for us, you know, we just had this amazing run through the semifinals. You know, that game to get us to the grand final against the Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, we were we were down, I think, twenty odd nil at half time. So that just proved to ourselves that, you know, we, we had it what it took to beat him. Was that the game Willie Mason mouthed off up the tunnel at half time? Yeah, he gave us a good old spray in, in true Willie Mason style. <laughs> I think, you know, Shane Webke, myself and Brad Thorne and you know, especially those older blokes in the team, I mean we were filthy. Yeah. We got in the sheds at half time and I think we all looked at each other in the eye, and, and after copping a spray like that, you know they were, they were obviously talking themselves up going yeah. to the grand final. Well, you know we we had another forty big, you know, big forty minutes left in us, so um, it was amazing. You know that that last forty, and you know to to be victorious at the end of that day at Sydney Football Stadium, knowing that we were going to the big big show. That mm. was uh, that was what it was all about, mate. Over the journey, an incredible thirty three state of origin games, from rookie to leader, and throughout the most successful period in Queensland history. What's your go-to origin story or, or memory? In those 33 games across 12 seasons, 
Is there one or two things that stand out? Probably my first game, the debut game. Yeah. And what, what was so memorable, it was actually the last game at Lang Park before they redeveloped it wow. to uh, Suncorp Stadium. So as a kid, I remember sitting on the terraces there uh, at the Milton Road end and just seeing the team run out. And I just remember the, the, the hairs on the back of the neck standing yeah. up and just seeing it live for the first time, seeing your heroes run out. So for me in 01, um, I was one of, I think, 10 debutants. I think, you know, we got beaten badly 3 0 in 2000. Yeah. Um, I think Brian Fletcher did the, the hand grenade uh, post try celebration. That's right. So there was a broom that was put through the team, and, mm. and I was one of the young ones brought in. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was it was that amazing feeling running out the Suncorp. We won that game one. Um, game two, we got beaten. And, of course, that's when Wayne Bennett you know, pulled the master stroke and brought a legend back. Yeah. And, and Alfie Langer brought him back for game three. That's um, right. Had an amazing week and um, he won man of the match. Um, so it was just a, an amazing first series to be part of. But to play alongside Alfie was uh, something I'll never forget. Did you know Alf was coming back? No, no one had a clue. We wow. uh, I remember we assembled at the old QRL office at the Gabba and we were all standing at the bus waiting and then all of a sudden the CLA cab pulls out. There's one more to turn up and we didn't know who it was getting out of that cab. And when that uh, mop of blonde hair sort of popped up, it was just, I don't know, this sense of relief. Yeah. All of us, all us young guys just thought, oh, well, here, here he is, the legend's come back to, to, to steer us to, mm. to one last win. And, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, when he got out of that cab, I think we all knew it was all, all going to be okay. Suncorp Stadium is a wonderful venue. It's not Lang Park, and for for us older guys, to be able to say you played the last game there, I reckon that's really cool. Yeah, look, I just think, you know, my, my childhood memories of rugby league have littered with so many great moments played at yeah. you know, Lang Park and, you know, the, the memories of, you know, the beer cans getting thrown in from... Uh, uh, from from the terraces, yeah. and uh, when 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 Wally got sent off, uh, you know, and just that those almighty matches when Queensland had nothing more to give, they were down and out, but somehow that Queensland spirit would would, uh, mm. would get them home to a to a famous win. My memories were, were were all at Lang Park, so you know to finally get that chance to play there, and that last game was very special. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, This is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 